right, welcome back to episode 123 of Struve Thought. We talk about things such as Rick's sermon. Going back in time. The media. And the idea of thinking for yourself. So with that being said, episode number 123 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. So anyway, um, I had, before we started recording, I had asked you to take a take a look at the, uh, the little, <laughs> little service that I had. Yeah. I was very curious to hear what your your honest reactions are. I don't take any like I've got my own personal critiques. All right, that, uh, it's re- funny because yet, I, so. uh, can, I let's, was let's, thinking let's, of let's, that. Let's set let's set the scene. Let's set the okay. scene. Do we, we want to set the scene? So I'll, yeah, we'll set the scene. Okay, so I'm I'm a priest at St. Joseph Mission, which is based out of New Jersey, but we have an online ministry, so have the opportunity to do ministry across state borders and be able to, like, reach people. And ever since Mass has been canceled, uh, basically across the country, we've transitioned to online services. And for the most part, it's been the head of our particular parish, uh, Father Joe, who's done services basically every day, more or less seven days a week for the past three weeks. And he finally was to the point where he's like, I need some help. I mean, this is this is getting to be a lot to try and be as, as uh, present as possible. And so he asked myself and a couple other people to step in and do a couple services. So mine was last week, was the first time that I had a chance to do the Facebook Live through the, the church site. So then uh, you text me, or I text you, hey, are we still going to record today? And you're like, yeah, go ahead and watch this uh, clip of this thing that I just did earlier today. So I text you, like, all right, yeah. I'm in the middle of playing the piano, and then I'll watch it. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, Ricks will probably want to talk about this. But I I think of this like halfway into the thing and so let me let me set the scene for you on what's going on <laughs> please please do please do i'm, I'm more than eager yeah. so i i wake up early today i go for a run right when i wake up so i'm feeling awesome i come back i play the piano for an hour while in the middle while playing like halfway through playing the piano is when you texted me and you're like hey listen to this so i so i said to you i will listen to it in 40 minutes when i'm done playing the piano and in that time i also put some sweet potato in my toaster oven so i can eat something and so i'm finished playing the piano i'm lying down in bed i start watching the the stream and about you know 2 minutes in I hear the ding for the toaster. And so I'm just, I don't have my headphones in. I'm just listening to it just from my phone. So I leave it on my bed and it's loud enough that I can listen. And I go and I take the sweet potatoes out of the toaster oven. I put them in a bowl. And I realize like as I'm putting the butter on it and some of the cinnamon, I'm like, oh shit, I'm really not listen, paying attention to the to the stream. And this is only, um, from the time that I get up to this thought, it's only like, two minutes that have passed, maybe a minute and a half. Right. And so I go back and I start listening again, but 
what do I do? I'm treating this like any other podcast where it's secondary. It's just in the back of my head because I'm digging into these fucking sweet potatoes and how delicious they are with the <laughs> butter and cinnamon. <laughs> and so <laughs> at this uh-huh. point, at this point, I am more into my sweet potatoes than I am listening to the stream because I have it. I'm, I'm sitting shocked. here and I have the phone on my table and I'm listening and I'm eating and then I catch myself I'm like, oh shit, I'm not actively listening to this and I'm listening to the portion but but I listen to it enough where I get the idea of what you're saying and so I'm like and so I'm like yeah I'm not gonna start this over I get what he's saying there's other people and this is what I concluded I'm not tripping over this COVID-19 but there are other people who are probably very scared and your message was very reassuring pretty much Pointing, pointing to historical context that anything that anyone is going through right now, there have been a plethora of people several hundred to a few thousand years ago that have felt the same way. And so when I got done listening to it, I was like, <laughs> I thought to myself, you know what? I could go back. I could listen to it a second time and just strictly listen to it very actively and be better prepared for the podcast, or I can just tell Rex I'm ready for the podcast and we can just start recording. Like, you know what? I I got the main I got the main ideas. I hear this type of stuff all the time on police to priests, as well as just general yeah. subjects that come up come up in stream of thought. I'm not spending another 20 minutes doing anything. And so, <laughs> well, okay. so, so, so I'll say, I appreciate the honesty and honestly, I feel as though that it, so, okay. So there's a couple things that kind of cross my mind. First of all, there's okay. a difference. It feels like between doing an audio recording where you and I are visually being able to see each other and, riff off of right. that it's not it's not the same being in person but it feels like a different experience when you are literally just talking to a screen no one else well that's the other thing too when you were doing the whole sermon i thought to myself i don't have to tune in to this to get if if there's any type of spiritual or emotional support that i need i can just do that talking to ricks on the phone I don't need this. I don't need this Facebook stream of this thing. But the other thing too is like the same, exactly what you were saying. And I didn't realize it at the time, but now I can put my finger on it. But it's like, yeah, it, I, I wasn't, I didn't find it captivating because I wasn't being spoken to directly. It was more, I could, you could feel that energy that it's being directed towards a group of people, but that you're really speaking to no one. You're just speaking to the camera. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Kind of. And so there isn't that there isn't that exchange of energy or looks or the tone in someone's voice, which is why I think I then started to like Tone, get zoom, distracted zoom, and yeah. be into my sweet potato and then like wipe something down instead of actively listening to yeah it. background noise no totally well and, and that's but i knew crazy. too if i told you that that you wouldn't care i knew you wouldn't be offended you'd be like eh, whatever i get no, it so yeah, not offended like, whatsoever yeah well it, and it's interesting too because i think about uh back when we were doing straight up and the interviews that we had where there was a difference between oh who was it um oh that internet guy that we ended up having the video conference with 
um, oh, the influencer, uh, what, Elliot Hulse, Elliot Hulse, it... yeah, and and the Elliot other Hulse. I can't believe I Shit. can't remember this. Um, I can't remember his name either. But 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 there... we have it on a Stream of Thought podcast episodes in the nineties or something <laughs> totally like that. Worth listening if anyone to because gonna, we can totally remember to, him. It, we're just gonna plug our own podcast while doing the podcast. If you look back to, I think it's like in. Beginning in the high 90s, early 100s, we <laughs> released recordings of in-person interviews that we did. Two of them were actually Skype with a couple, two uh, somewhat famous people. Uh, but yeah, that's the Throwback Thursday series that we did when we oh, couldn't Oh, right. Record. Yeah, Throwback Thursday, right. Yeah, and when we so had Nikita. We just, and, but I mean, okay, yeah. so, so that's the interesting thing, though, is because what I remember, I can probably remember... 90, 95% of the people who we had in the studio to record with. Oh, for sure, yeah. But then you've got the the Skype interview things, which, I mean, yeah, it's nice being able to have that, but and even now, when we're talking right now, it's not the same being in person. Right. And, and for me, I think back to my ministry experience where when I gave a sermon, it was about looking at the congregation, literally looking people in the eyes, even if I was Evan Carmichael or something. Evan Carmichael, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That would have bu- that would have bugged me the rest of the interview. So Elliot Holst, Evan was... Carmichael, and then the basketball player. Um John Sherna, yeah. John John Sherna. Who we all had the chance to like do the, but it wasn't the same and it wasn't the same dynamic. Yeah. And like we we can yeah. try to make the best of it and that's kind of so it, it was interesting because there's not only that dynamic of having the virtual component, but also not actually seeing anybody or being able to look mm-hmm. people in the face and to like see what their reactions are, see if they're getting it or not. So you just got to like go off that. So the one that I did last week, it was it was you know, relatively short and sweet. I, I mm-hmm. felt like it was fine. And then today I get the guidance from Joe in uh, Jersey, who is my superior, that, like, it needs to be dark. It needs to be, <laughs> like, what a, like, oh, it, he it, wants needs you to, to deliver. it needs to appreciate the moment before Easter. You can't, you can't focus too much on the resurrection. You need to more focus on the, the darkness before the resurrection. And so I realized as, because, believe it or not, in the time that it was between you uh, texting me and then me telling you i listened i re-listened to my stream three times Mm -hmm. trying to just look at what i do i i'm somebody who likes to improve from things that i've done before but i i'm thinking to myself wow i look so dour i look so upset uh and and not not the sort of pleasant jovial individual who i was from last week and so it it was a very interesting thing where practice practice makes perfect i haven't done a lot of preaching in the past couple of months but then now to kind of reintegrate myself into the virtual component where literally all you have is people who are writing comments on the facebook live stream is interesting it's it's a very different dynamic i i mean looking back at it like, well, I don't think, I mean, considering the criteria and parameters that I was given to be more in a, in a subdued, dour mood, I probably could have smiled a little bit more, but I didn't, it was, it was fine, I guess, the way that it was, but it was still really tough to be able to give an impassioned message without actually having that 
interpersonal communication that that we're used to when we recorded the podcast and and straight up interviews and then the experience i've had when i've dealt with the ministry so yeah weird weird but uh yeah i know but i i was curious to hear what your what your raw unadulterated thoughts were on, (laughs) on somebody who was not given too many sermons in the past couple of years and uh and it's it's funny that you it's funny that you say that because when i was when i was watching it um because I was watching it for a little bit and then I was just listening and then I went back to like watching the last five or 10 minutes. But now that you mention that, yes, I recognize that because initially I was just like, Oh, of course Rick's looks and sounds a little bit different because he's not, this isn't a conversation. He's just talking out into the internet for other people to the ether to see. But yeah, but now that you mention it, I was thinking, like, you know what? He was a little... It did seem a little... Um, Stiff? Yeah, a little robotronic, but... Really? I mean, robotronic? Exp- I would not have used that verb to describe my performance, <laughs> but that's very fascinating that you did. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know? Uh, hey, man, yeah, it, no, it, it's, just... it's all it's all about... Uh, well, and... Well, <laughs> yeah, well practice was... makes perfect. Can I right? tell you, though? I, I didn't what? even I didn't even realize this at the moment, but as I was uh, as I was recording the service, <laughs> my mom ended up logging in and watching me live. So literally, ten feet above me, she's watching what really? I have to say. And normally she's very complimentary, and normally she's like, "Oh, great job" or whatever. And uh, I, I forget exactly what her comment was, but it was something to say. You were very serious. I was like, "Oh, that's not good." It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a yeah. good job. Great presentation, way to communicate with people, stuff like that. It was. Oh, you. You seem very, you know, <laughs> very, yeah. very, very dour, as I'd mentioned before. So. That's all right. Even like people that are pro- professionals at doing whatever it is that they do will have days where they're like, eh, just not themselves, you know. Right, and and I think too when we're talking about something like this, where. I'm sure plenty of people out there have the chance to do that interpersonal communication over online. And you and I have had some, I mean, what, we erased our last episode that we were going to post out and just said, scrap it because yeah. it wasn't authentic. I was listening. We, yeah. Well, I mean, for sure. Because when we started, whatever, for whatever reason, when we started doing this again, I think it was episode 118, it, it felt good to yeah. do it again, but we could, it was obvious that like, it just didn't, it felt a little off. We we were and rusty. Then, yeah, and, the, and then it felt like episode one twenty two is when that felt like, hey, this was awesome. And then we recorded a few days ago, and for whatever reason, it was just really off again. But we'll we're back in our stride. It was yeah. so funny. We were so optimistic after episode one twenty two, and then we recorded the episode after that. It's like <laughs> it was funny how. I met, I asked you after we spent an hour recording, and I was like, "Yeah, this episode sucks," and you're like, "I know," and I asked you, "At what point did you realize that we were going to have to scratch the episode?" And you said, "Like within five minutes or something like that, right?" Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty quick that we were not in our groove. So yeah, yeah, it, but but it is interesting just to to draw that parallel between. Um, if you're going to put out something that is worth listening to, you might as well feel good about it. So it, it, it is very mm-hmm. weird to have a moment like this where I haven't preached in years, years and years and years and years. And so to have the chance last week and for it to go relatively well, it was optimistic. 
I was my jovial self. I was smiling mm-hmm. and laughing and all that. But then I'm given the instructions to be more sober and serious for today's little reflection. Is that, that how most? Is that how most? churches will deliver sermons for something like close to Easter or is that just Joe wanted it that way? No, typically, typically, um, between good Friday and Easter Sunday, the services tend to be very dark and reflective. So that, that's the, that's the typical trend, but it's also not my personality. Add into that too. I mean, you and I talk and it's kind of free form. We don't really have, we may have some ideas of what to talk about and some like very interesting stories, but when it comes to trying to convey a message and trying to be very concise in what I'm, I want to communicate mm-hmm. to people who I'm talking to, I like to have a script. I like to, I like to spend okay. several days just writing down, even if it's 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever. I like to have a script that I can just read off of and I can pretend at the very least to make it authentic, uh, free form type stuff, but it's a script and I've memorized yeah. it and it's just a matter of like looking down at notes. So for this, the, the past two times, I literally just have like, this is <laughs> literally, I've got, I've got just one, one, one page in like a three by six page paper yeah. of notes. Just that... some scribbles. <laughs> You've scribbles. <got> scribbles. <laughs> and so there's the simultaneous fear that as somebody who has my own, you know, ADD personality where my mind can go off in really random directions and get sort of uncontrollable. I want to kind of stick within parameters, but at the same time I start talking and my greatest fear is that I start going off on a tangent and I don't know how to bring it back to the next point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easier yeah. with stream of thought just cause it, it is more freeform. But when you're trying to communicate to people who, and we're getting anywhere between 100 and 300 views per service every day. So there, mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty, there's plenty of people listening. So I don't want to ruin their experience, but at the same time, I'm also like, I'm, I'm really yeah. pushing the limits of what I'm able to do in trying to convey positive things. Yeah. It's all right. You want to, you want to be your best. You want to do the best you can do. And scribbles aren't cutting it. I get it, bro. Yeah. I mean, make it work. <laughs> What's your favorite? Um, what, what is your favorite holiday? Uh, for being involved with the church, what's your favorite time of year? Oh man, I mean, it's it's cliche, or, but... or maybe even like maybe what's well, what's your favorite as a consumer, and what's your favorite as someone who is uh, who would deliver like a sermon? You know, like are you the type of person you like love delivering an Easter sermon, but as a consumer, you're more into sitting in the pew and listening to people for Christmas type stuff? Or like, what's your, uh, what is it about a holiday that you really enjoy, or your favorite holiday? I think you might be the first person to ever ask me that question. That's that's so. Fascinating. I'm really fucking good at asking questions because I don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> I, should, I should say this. Ninety percent of the time. <laughs> there's no. There's well, when I'm when I'm genuinely sincere like yeah i ask really good questions i'm i'm good at coming up with creative questions you know or right. at least taking something that's normal and and 
adding a little extra because anyone could just say what's your favorite holiday but that's very vague you know so right like no i, I thought that, that was good specific interesting questions good clarification um yeah so overall favorite holiday would be christmas season uh just because there is so much joy anticipation excitement that i think coalesces around the social dynamics mm-hmm. that we we all are you know the the holiday season etc minus the stupid ass christmas music that has to play in every goddamn convenience yeah. store which is totally yeah. unnecessary <clears throat> and they start ruins. playing that shit the uh, they start playing that a few days before halloween <laughs> dude i know and it kind of ruins the whole special magic thing but there there is for just my own like personal life and fa- mm-hmm. familial experiences christmas by far in regards to what sermon I loved it, I, w- I would probably say, uh, and and I don't speak from my own experience, I speak from listening to sermons from mentors that I've had over the years, that mm-hmm. Easter is probably the most interesting, if you have a preacher who's willing to be, like Lillian, Lillian Daniel, who's right. willing to say, hey, you guys are creasters, you come on christmas and easter so yeah. i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna really cool. I'm, I'm gonna make a point of that and give you a reason why you should be here on other days i feel like that easter tends to be the super bowl of services yeah everyone comes on christmas regardless it doesn't okay. matter but easter it feels as though you have an opportunity where you're i mean you've got the easter bunny maybe an easter egg hunt something like that but you're not there's not the external buildup that you have with Christmas, where it's all about the gifts and decorating trees mm-hmm. and houses and coordinating family schedules, whereas Easter tends to be a quieter situation and circumstance. Easter is more of a, e- even though the days are one particular day, Easter is more of a singular event, whereas Christmas is like six weeks long. And and less u- and less universal. You know? Yeah. And, yes. Yeah. And, and so that sense of community that kind of yeah comes out is is so much more powerful when you have a good preacher to be able to give a sermon that i don't want to say shames people into not being a little more faith community based but mm-hmm. i love hearing those subtle jabs that only people who are integrated into the spiritual community understand so <laughs> i definitely remember going to church uh on those days, Christmas and Easter, and I remember thinking to myself, like, one, this sucks. I do not want to get all dressed up, go outside in the cold, and then go to church, see a bunch of people that I don't know, <laughs> or we happen to know them, like, or my parents know them, and like, oh, you remember Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so? No, I don't, but I guess I'll say hi, because I have to, and I'm a kid, and I don't really know what else is going on. My whole thing was like, why? If we don't make it a regular thing, why two times out of the year, you know? Right. But that was just me. Right, yeah. But, um, oh, I wanted to ask you, so what's up with what's up with having different dates for essentially the, what is the same religion? Like, don't the, don't, the, uh, in Eastern Europe, they have different dates for Easter and Christmas? No. People that are Eastern Orthodox? Oh, 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 Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, that's totally separate. I mean, that that's a whole historical lesson, but basically it comes down to the division between the Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church that was 
Oh god, uh, around 700 um, BCE, I believe, where there was the division. BC. And... So 700 BC. No, BCE, uh, Common Era. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not BCE, CE. 700 CE. So after. So AD. Right. And so, so long story short, basically, the church was not consolidated around the time of Jesus' death many different factions around the world and then over the course of the next couple hundred years consolidation of power in rome and in the byzantine empire uh, um, constantinople was the other epicenter of christian growth and so there was a division in regards to how power should be allocated who would be the the head of the church and mm-hmm. the eastern orthodox or uh, Byzantine church said we will not accept. So, so they had, there was some beef, is what you're saying. There was some beef. One group went one way. One group went another. Right. And and my problem is I try to get into the details of stuff when I can't remember the exact details. But <laughs> more, more or less, more or less, there was a conflict between who had supreme authority, who was God ordained, and you had the Eastern and Western churches that split off. And so Eastern Orthodox churches may have different dates in which they celebrate Easter, Christmas, and other various religious holidays because they did not adhere to the Western version of uh, how Christianity was progressing and going through you know, Europe and then up into to England. But now, like, the Europe. entire, pretty much the anyone, regardless of where you are, for the most part, you would practice the dates of the of Western Orthodox. Yeah, no, and it, I, unfortunately, too, and this is kind so of... So it's a, like Betamax and VHS. They they kind of butt heads for a little bit, but uh, like, in it, the it's end, like, only, it's like one, laser, only it, one could come out on top. Right. It's it's like laser disc. <laughs> it's like laser disc and VHS. It's I'm like just laughing which one's at every, I'm out. just laughing how how I want to know who out there is listening and thinking I'm such a fucking idiot for for bringing up VHS and Beta and comparing it with Eastern and Western Orthodox. <laughs> I when think in that, reality, I think we perfect. both know I'm just being a goofball. Yeah. No, I think, though, though, yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing, too, is that uh, when it comes down to it, it's all about who gets to say that I set the rules. I mean, and yeah. who, who doesn't feel good about that? Who doesn't feel good about saying I set the I rules? I am the church. I yeah. am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am the church. Good callback. Good callback so to one of our if, previous with, with the With all of the knowledge that you have for christianity and just religion in general if you could go back in a particular era to witness how things are done what era would you go back in to witness how things are done done in terms of religion and bro i would totally practice i would totally go back to the crusades i am so fascinated by how that ended up coming out because the crazy part and i think this is too I've had conversations with my brother as well about why religion sucks. And he's of the firm opinion that religion sucks and is the the core to, like, the shit that humankind has to deal with. And so I have conversations with him, and 
basically my seminary education and historical accuracy says it's not about religion. Religion is always abused and misused. It's about trying to get power. And so the Crusades were the epicenter of, of the coalescing of Christian power and powerful people wanting to utilize faith to achieve their ends. So mm. for me, I'm just, I would be so fascinated to be on those upper level conversations. How aware were the kings of England and France and Spain of what they were doing? And if they just chose to ignore Christian edict and the philosophy behind that saying, God loves everyone and say, we are going to use God as a sword. And I mm -hmm. feel like that is something I don't know if they were, if they were aware of it or if it was just something that they're just like, man, screw it. Like we know this isn't what Christianity is, but it'll serve us in the same way that we see it today where you see those mm -hmm. fucking mega pastor churches. Like, <laughs> ignore With the flat screen ignore... TVs in the floors and on the walls. And it's just like, uh, what the hell? Not to be a pessimist or a skeptic or something like that, but, the reality of human nature is that we tend to be self-interested. That's just the reality of what we deal with. It's like, if, if people have power, they don't want to give up that power, and any challenge to that power is going to have to meet some sort of response in order to avoid losing it. So... I know. I mean, yeah. and, 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 so, and so that goes back to the conversations that I've had with my brother, where he blames religion for most of the world problems. It's not religion. It's selfish and power-hungry people who are the core cause of what it is, all the They just use it as a vehicle to carry out the wishes of their ego. Right. And not to, not to get on a soapbox or anything like that, I'll, I'll, I'll end it. No, that dude, I'll, co I'll come to any corner in the world and listen to you if you're standing on a soapbox. Bro, count I, me I've in. Gotta, wherever I've got, wherever I've got you are, right I will now, I will come and follow. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye, <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> I um, I like watching. Well, I was telling you a little bit about the things that I see on Instagram, and every once in a while, I'll see something that encourages people to be, you know, not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say go so hard as say like be a non-conformist, but like I like I like seeing images or little videos yeah. that emphasize like, hey, you may not realize it, but you are being brainwashed. Because um, I just find those things fascinating. Because I can't remember a particular event, but I remember thinking to myself, and this is a perfect example. I remember thinking to myself, like, wait a minute, so, and, and when you go to college, everybody tells you, everybody tells you it's the time of your life. It's the most fun you will ever have in your entire life. You always hear that. And then you go to college and you graduate and you're like, holy cow, that really was the best time of my entire life. And I remember graduating from school thinking like, wait, so this is it? Like, so I'm just supposed to work for someone? and only be allowed two weeks of vacation and well this sucks and I remember somebody telling me like yeah. I can't remember what their response was but they pretty much said to me like 
people, if you don't work, then you're lazy. You got to put in your time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, that, what? That doesn't make any sense. And the more I felt for several years, I didn't feel like aligned with anything because it was just, I just felt off. Like, oh, I'm just supposed to work. If I don't like this job, I guess I'll just go to another one. And I couldn't, it, I like, couldn't put my finger on it. And then one day I just like woke up and I was like, oh, I figured it out. The system is trying to keep you down. The system wants you totally. to be molded in a certain way so, it, so that you can serve the system. Yeah. And when you think of brainwashing, you know, typically you hear of uh, you you hear it in a negative context, but you don't think of it as something that is applied to you you think of it probably more in terms of like we're above that we 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 can't we can't possibly be weak enough of mind and and body to be you think of you you think of like stuff that happens in the movies where like someone's tied to a chair and they're forced to listen to a recording (laughs) over and over or they're forced to watch like this television thing (laughs) on loop you know what i'm saying they don't think of it in terms of like uh, of what it might appear like in an everyday form um but when you start paying attention to it, you just you're like, no, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's definitely bullshit. And you realize nothing around you that's trying to convey any type of real message has any weight to it. Right. And you know? yeah, and well, and and that's the crazy part too is that I feel like the world is filled with charlatans and profiteers who try to leech off of mm-hmm. certain emotions that we naturally have as human beings yeah. and it, it is crazy it just being in a ministerial position i mean i luckily i for the most part haven't had uh to deal with that too much but it's still like bro to have to confront something that is so cons- consumer based yeah. And it's like the profit margins always dictate the the message that's uh, conveyed in order to maintain stability. Like even in the most altruistic sense, I, it it still feels like there's something that's sincerely lacking when it comes to just being authentic. Because when it comes down to it, like what you and I are are doing, we're not doing it for financial profit. We're doing it because it feels good and we're able to share what's on our minds and that's all for me anyway that matters i i would love it to be something financially feasible but i'm not going to sacrifice my own moral fortitude to to get there i feel right. as though though uh, an element of honesty is necessary i want to just read you something from this book that i'm reading because it has to do with it's similar to what we were just talking about and you know it, you can uh, call it similar to brainwashing but also just like getting people to do stuff like for perfect example for politicians right we've had this conversation before and it yeah. says here under under somebody who is charismatic you need to believe in something and to believe in it strongly enough for it to animate all your gestures and make your eyes light up a re a prerequisite for a f- this fiery belief is some great cause to rally around a crusade let your own fervent and contagious faith in virtually anything give them uh, give them something to believe in. And I just read a few different spots, but it's pretty. I mean, it pretty much says like you don't necessarily have to. And there's other portions of it, but 
pretty much says like, you don't necessarily have to say anything specific or provide any examples or statistical data or any evidence. So long as you yourself believe whatever it is that you're believing and rally people, they will feed off of that and, and follow you off the edge of a cliff without even knowing what it is that they're following only because you are displaying, uh, characteristics of somebody who is extremely charismatic even though they think they're following something don't you feel like you see that though on a daily basis in like yeah remember we remember we talked about this um i mean the most obvious uh and we don't get too political but the most obvious example is president trump because remember one time he was doing a state of the union he was doing a state of the union address and I, I, I watched it for five – I couldn't even watch it for more than five minutes. And I was telling you, dude, people are clapping. He's not saying anything. He's talking and he's, and he's, he's saying the type of things that, yeah, you would clap at it and feel reassured. But when you listen to the words, it's like, bro, you're not saying anything new. You're just talking. Your sentences and choice of words – are just these things that get people excited. And I bet no one can actually come out of that saying, like, what's the game plan? You didn't spell out a game plan. You just talked and hyped people up. Nothing happened. Right. And and that's where I have that question of, and again, I mean, we, we don't like to get political here. We just talk about <laughs> what's common sense and not. But I hear stuff like that, and I am somebody... I said this a couple of times poli sci major from undergrad so i'm always very fascinated as to what the the national dialogue is and the way that people are portraying it so i've got i've got my various sources i've got um cnn fox news huffington post vox 538 like very different takes on the way that the world Mm -hmm. works but what what really um, is so frustrating is that there seems to be this element of in in conservative media. So, like Fox News, for example, will like I know what it is I'm going to see when I log into their website, and they have never disappointed. Not once have they ever disappointed in what my expectations of what their <laughs> their headline is going to be. And it, it, it is crazy to, regardless of what the situation is, and regardless of what the topic is, regardless of how poorly the current president has dealt with the situation, I know precisely what it's going to be. It's going to be one of two things. Either he is he is proven that he is a leader, uh, or Democrats are evil and want to kill you. And it's it's always going to be one or the, one one or two of those headlines. And it's so frustrating for me where even like CNN tends to be more sensational or whatever, but it's hard for me when I look at a new, a news organization like Fox news and to know what they're going to say before they say it. And then I view Mm -hmm. it and I'm like, Oh, I knew exactly what that was going to be. And to, to acknowledge that there are millions of people who use that as the basis for how they view the world in the same way that I was Mm -hmm. talking about at the very beginning of what we were talking about, where people can have different lenses, but if you only have a lens that says, this is our dear leader, we must worship him, 
he can do nothing wrong, and in fact, anybody who opposes him isn't just wrong, but they're evil. Like, that is mm-hmm. something that really kind of gets under my craw, and it, it's, it's challenging to, to accept the fact that there are so many people who just, that, like, they, they don't have time to question reality. They don't have time to, like, challenge the, the fact that what Fox News is saying isn't totally accurate. They're just going to yeah. absorb the information, go forward, interpret the core points which they're trying to convey, Democrats evil, Republicans saviors. And it's like, well, that's not helpful. That doesn't do anything. Right. And and so yeah I don't, I don't know I yeah I it it is something that really boils within me and is a is a challenge especially now that everyone's stuck at home and we have to follow the social media world yeah. and rely on news that's through the internet yeah I guarantee you that anyone stuck at home who's a Fox News viewer is going to be viewing more Fox News and right it's not helpful it's it's not it's just not. I um, was reading this article on television and it had, and I love anything that have like these cartoony graphs and statistics as opposed to just a plain Jane black and white. I love cartoony graphics. They're the best. I love all that stuff. It's so great. But it's crazy because it pretty much said how, you know, 30 years ago, 30 or 40 years ago, the different companies that owned certain networks and so you have a multitude of companies across the board that own different networks and then how over the past years how all of those have been eaten up and now there's only six major companies that control pretty much every aspect of the media so as opposed to having you know a few hundred you now have six that control what information goes out there yeah all consolidated but yeah that's pretty wild it's like almost scary a little bit yeah no the the consolidation of media too and just everyone kind of conglomerating another but the point that i wanted to kind of just bring out too is that we have the opportunity to like break that narrative and for people who actually care about truth (sighs) okay this may be a whole nother thing, but <laughs> what are your thoughts on how you perceive just general society as it relates to accepting truth and reality? What do you think that the threshold is for the American people, you, I, random people, to accept like reality, good or bad, to accept if, if somebody was able to say this is the way that things are in both the positive and the negative versus getting your sort of sugar fix where it's like, or like high, low, high, low. A lot of the time people don't realize how calcified their mind has become. Like you try and explain something, you try and explain something that is so simple and obvious and they refuse to believe you. They refuse to believe you or will even get offended at what you say. And then there's some people who you can tell they like they want to try and understand, but for whatever reason, at this moment in their life, they just 
they just do not possess the ability to comprehend what it is that I'm telling them. And then there's people that, you know, the numbers are much fewer, but you see in their eyes, you can see a shift has changed. And they start thinking, they're like, oh. And you can see you don't need to do anything else because you've planted the seed and they're already, the wheels are turning in their head. Right. Yeah. But I, a lot, I, most people too, I mean, it's, it's comfortable being comfortable. Bro, if you've got, I know. If you've yeah, got a good, totally. if you've got a good life, why would you want to take on or anything even a, else? Even that a might mediocre life that or intrude. And, yeah. Where it's like, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose. So like, <laughs> I remember one time, I remember one, uh, a few years ago, <laughs> a few years ago, at my block party when I was living in Glen Allen, we had a block party, and I was telling them pretty much how much bullshit it is to to be an employee, to work for somebody else, and how screwed you get by having your paychecks um, come already taxed, and you're a W two, and you get taxed again, and how just completely asinine it is to yeah. to make. To just l- to live your life under such tutelage. That's my extreme opinion about it. And they were saying like, oh, you know, well, there's advantages to being an employee, job security, and blah, blah, blah. And they pretty much just regurgitated the same type of shit you'd see on a pamphlet. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. The same type of thing you'd see on a pamphlet. Totally. And I was like... Okay, yeah, but and then list X, Y, and Z, and and they just they were looking at me like they didn't know what I was talking about, and they were perfectly perfectly happy to be in their. Li- I mean, it, it depends too. Like, what do you want out of life? If you're totally happy working for somebody else, then all power to you, because I would fucking hate that. I would hate having to ask permission for time off or ask for a raise, especially if you have a family to support and you're working for someone else. Like I'd much rather strive to be, uh, independent. Right. Yeah. You know, although, although I, I will be very interested to hear as to whether or not you say that in like a year or two from now, when you're a multimillion dollar, movie star <laughs> like oh yeah no it's uh, it's it's fine it's fine no, but I, mean, that, it works. I mean that type it works. of work though you but that type of work you're not working for somebody else you're being contracted you know right. what i'm saying it's yeah. different you're being contracted Stability. and you can, right. you can you can choose what type of work you want but you're not forced to be somewhere i mean you are when you're on a set but it's temporary it's not yeah. like this this like you're working for a company and you may or may not have to work on Fourth of July or some bullshit like that. Um, but yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Not really. I feel like this was this was a more philosophical uh, conversation yeah. than we had. This was yeah. uh, especially and and now too as we're reaching kind of the the peak. I feel like everyone's anxieties are probably also reaching their peak, but may only go down from now but then we have to return to the world where shit well, is we don't going have to re- crazy well yeah that's true our out here in california they extended the stay at home thing until the end of may 
Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Illinois is probably going to uh, extend probably as follow well. Probably suit, yeah. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet, but I'm sure it's going to happen. But still, it's one of those things where we have the time, now that we're at home, <laughs> to practice the piano, yeah. to reflect on deep philosophical questions of, yeah, for of sure, life for and, sure. and relationships with others. So, yeah, it, it is crazy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, on my end, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to have that spiritual outlet where even if it's not the best quality that I can still give my general thoughts that I don't think are isolated to a particular period of time. And I know for you, like you have pretty good sense of interpersonal dynamics. So for you to share your, your thoughts on both being isolated as well as, Oh yeah. The greater dynamics that we're going to, we're all going to have to deal with. Uh, I mean, however long it takes for the economy to return to right status quo. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, super, super optimistic, super optimistic. I love it. Oh, well, I guess that concludes things for this episode, right? Nothing else? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. All right. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs>